At least they didn't hold in two different arenas. This is true, too, yeah. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure Vince was holding himself in two different arenas. Yeah. Yes, he was. <laughs> Especially during that Stephanie segment. Oh, I know. He was getting he was getting excited. God damn, look at those leather pants, pal. If she wasn't my daughter, I'd... Uh, Maybe I could write a segment. It's not me fucking my daughter, it's my character. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it's Mr. McMahon. Goddamn, pal, I can't help I'm a method actor. <laughs> Vince would never do such a thing, but Mr. McMahon... Yeah, it's not dear old dad. It's Mr. McMahon. Join the Kiss My Ass Club. I can't help it if my daughter loves grapefruits. <laughs> oh, damn it. I was trying to come up with one with grapefruits. <laughs> Dave Dong! Ladies and gentlemen, we are Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see some, all right? And Jeff is... Who the hell is Jeff? I'm, I'm so glad I get to talk about Cox. I'm really happy. Dicks. Yay. Well, look at it this way. The first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick. You work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for... The Rundown. Welcome to the Intentionally Offensive Professional Wrestling Podcast. We call it the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Troyce. A little bit under the weather, but I am joined by the one-man party we call Jeff. Jeff, what's going on? What's up, man? How's it going? That's it. That's it. I'm, I'm giving you all this energy, and that's all you're bringing? What's going on? I mean, I'm I'm moderately excited to be here. You sound half erect. I'm. I mean, I can't I can't go full erect yet. All right. Well, maybe once we talk about the dance break. Anyway, <laughs> we have a lot of stuff to cover I on be this the week's. Only one. <laughs> we have a lot of stuff to cover on this week's edition of the rundown. We have our well, well, we'll get to it in a second. We have our normal top segment, but we're gonna have a double. Main event to the Perfect Ten this week because mm-hmm. I got a lot of shit I'm pissed off about. And I'm going to get it all off my chest. We have our indie dates and uh, the normal wacky, offensive things that you've come to expect from the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. But we kick the whole thing off with a segment we like to call... The Perfect Ten! A ten! A ten! A fucking ten! All right, leading off the Perfect Ten this week... Probably the story that's gotten the most attention, at least the in-ring story that's gotten the most attention this week. Uh, Nikki Bella and Ronda Rousey had a little bit of a promo battle this week on Raw, and it was the very definition of the good, the bad, 
and the ugly. There were some really rough points in this. I mean, Ronda at the beginning looked like deer in headlights and totally unbelievable, just fake acting. Uh, I believe at one point somebody actually said into the microphone, go ahead, it's your turn. Um, <laughs> I shit you not. I'm pretty sure that happened. Um, I, I don't doubt it. But then once they really got rolling and Ronda sort of felt herself a little bit, she got into that role, she got into the zone of Ronda Rousey killing machine, she was great, and she delivered probably the best line, and the crowd went fucking nuts uh, when she said the only door Nikki Bella has knocked down was the door to John Cena's bedroom. Um, I was sitting at home, and I went, whoa! Like, I don't know if you've ever seen that gif of, like, the guys reacting and everybody runs away. Like, it was, that was pretty much what was going on in my house. <laughs> um, Jeff, how did you like this segment? I just picture a bunch of black guys kicking down your door and jumping in and going, whoa! But, um, what Nikki Bell is into is up to her. I have no say. That's on it. true. That's true. Um, yeah, no, I that, that's a good a good way to put it. There was good stuff. There was bad stuff. At one point, Bree said, uh, "Rhonda, this is not this is show business, not show friends." Because that's you know a thing. Show friends. That was probably the worst line of the whole thing to me. That's, but that see, I've heard that from other people too. That actually is an old expression. Really? Yeah, she didn't make that up. It, it's when you when you get into a disagreement. Is it from the 30s? <laughs> I don't think it's quite that old, but it's it's one of those deals. You know, if you're in a business relationship with somebody, it's not, you know, it's not about show. When you're in the show business industry, it's not about who's your friend. It's about what makes money. So that's what that essentially is, is saying. It's not show business. It's not show friends. It's show business. That's actually an old expression. Well, I stand corrected. Um still hated it um but uh yeah no it was it was you could tell ronda was uncomfortable with uh you know kind of doing that style of like scathing promo but she, she shouldn't be because this is a woman that's gone through many many press conferences with the ufc where your primary objective is to talk shit see mcgregor comma connor um so, but I think I sort of feel like once she got into that mode, when it was just her out there by herself, I feel like that's when like the nerves were there and she wasn't comfortable. And once Nikki came out and she had someone to sort of go back and forth with in the face to face thing, I think she really settled in at that point. No, I agree. That's what I'm saying. It seems like at first she was definitely uncomfortable with it, but once once it it got going. Um, I actually I didn't mind the very beginning of it because it was just kind of like you, you just you guys owe me something like come out and just just tell me why tell me why you did it and I mean that's all she really had to say but yeah. she did seem a little uncomfortable yeah but it wasn't the words so much it was just the delivery and the facials and I think that was a little off putting yeah her her voice was borderline shaky um, but it was it, like you said once it got going it was fine um, I mean the Bellas bringing out their little guards um and having ronda throw them all about was fine but. oh but that last bodyguard was the best that was the highlight of raw that, guy, that dude's facials and the way he took his bump was fucking outstanding <laughs> made me literally hey. laugh out loud yeah yeah that was <laughs> that was pretty good if you have um, not seen the segment from raw it's worth going back just to watch the last security guard ronda rousey takes out and what he does, because it was outstanding. Best sell job on Raw all year. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I mean, the segment, is, it was good uh, as a whole, I think. And uh, it did its job. But um, did well, it make me more excited for the match? Uh, 
Hey, maybe. It, maybe. I, I guess the thing I took out of it was it, it finally gave some depth to this program that's going to headline a pay-per-view in about a week now. Um, we're going to get into all that in the main event segment. Um, but this this type of depth, this bit of storytelling, this this fuel for the fire was absolutely necessary. Uh, it's just, as far as I'm concerned, too little, too late. But we'll we'll get into more of that. Like like we said, we we talked about that last week. They just waited way too long for this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and like I said, the fact that I'm saying it maybe pumped me up, which although that sounds stupid, um, I think it's it's a good thing. All right. Well, we'll we'll find out. But uh, some other stuff happened on Raw, including that after much ado the past week, the Shield all agreed to a fisting while the Dogs of War were put to sleep. Uh, this was basically the recurring theme throughout the st- the story thread throughout the show, the entire show of Raw. Um, the Shield basically teasing a breakup. Uh, walking out on each other, Seth getting into a little fight with Dean, then they get put into another six-man fucking tag. For the third time in, in two oh weeks, God. we get to see this fucking six-man tag match. Um, then we cut to a segment in the back where Braun threatens to fucking kill his teammates if they lose. Uh, of course, inevitably they lose because the shield is on the same page. Cue the fisting. Uh, and then Braun destroys Dolph Ziggler uh, with a power slam, only to be laid out by Drew McIntyre. So I guess the biggest question here, Jeff, coming out of this was, what was the more surprising thing to you? The fact that they seemed to reunite the Shield and, and sort of askew the whole storyline they had been setting up, or the fact that they actually put so much on Drew to be the one to actually lay out Braun, which is not something many people have done? Uh, I thought that was that was a good if you're going to ha- have the the dogs of war, which I, I, I am so glad I don't have to. Well, I hope I don't have to hear that anymore because I really hate it. Um, I, I thought it was a good move to have McIntyre be the one to, to take out Strowman. Um, as far as this the match went, I think it was probably the worst one of the three that they had. I mean, they're always going to have good chemistry, but it was just it was a mess compared to the other two. Um Especially because the other guys had matches earlier. Uh, I think it was just Reigns and Braun Strowman didn't have matches, right? Right. Yeah. No, so I mean, you, Reigns was sort of relegated to like the girl in the middle of the fight trying to keep the two dudes apart. <laughs> that was pretty much Roman's role in this week's episode of Raw. Yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, but you could you could kind of tell that uh, you know they were the Reigns and Strowman were the the only fresh guys, um, but. I, I think that the, obviously the big, the big thing here is that what happened after the match, um, as the three monster band fell apart, and I thought it would, it'll be really interesting going forward to see where it, see what happens because uh, McIntyre and Strowman in a, a segment will be really interesting. Yeah, I don't know how fast we're going to go there. Obviously, we have the the main event program that that Braun is currently programmed in. Uh, at Crown Jewel, streaming live on the WWE Network from an undisclosed location. Um, <laughs> but we'll get into all of that later on, too. Um, yeah, I thought this thing was done fine. It was one of those sort of throwback feelings where they had one sort of central thread to the show, and they, they continued to build on it throughout the show, which is something that I feel like is missing a little bit. We don't see this quite so often. Um, my only issue with it is that it pretty much always seems to be the shield when they actually do it. Uh, I'd like a little more depth to some other characters in this type of development shown to some other people. But 
Uh, all in all, I thought Dean came out looking looking good here. I thought he had a really nice night for himself. His match was good. Um, his acting was good. I thought every I thought he was believable in everything. But really, for me, the MVP of Raw right now is Seth Rollins. Uh, guys oh, killing yeah. it in the ring. His promos have gotten just worlds better uh, than they were even when he first came back as a face. Um, I, he's believable. He's credible, and he's backing it up in the ring. He may be the best in ring performer of the company right now. Uh, apologies to AJ Styles, but uh, I, I really can't complain too much, and, and I'd love to sit here and shit all over this because you know how I feel about creative, but I, <laughs> I, I, just, I didn't hate this. No, I, I agree. I didn't hate it either. Um, it'll be really interesting to see, like I said, where it goes forward with McIntyre being that he still is. He's still part of the tag team championship, uh, tag team champions with Dolph Ziggler. Um, it'll be really interesting to see... Um, where Braun Strowman comes out of it. Hopefully it's not uh, like another Kevin Owens segment um, where Drew McIntyre ends up in a, you know, Portage on. Yeah, so but, not, and not on the list uh, tonight, but we have mentioned in a previous week that Kevin Owens, uh, the angle with Bobby Lashley, was done so that he could go off and get some knee surgery done. And as it turns out, they found out he needed surgery on both knees. So he uh, had that today, and he should be starting the recovery process and hopefully back in the ring before we know it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be looking forward to that. And it's going to be some well-deserved ne- well and well-needed time off. Yeah, and hopefully he'll get that pop that he deserves and maybe even a little bit of a face run. That'd be nice. But uh, that's we got one more topic from Raw because SmackDown, of course, gave us the 1,000th episode this week. And I'm going to throw in a little bit of a curveball, and we're going to talk a little NXT in just a minute. But let's finish out the Raw portion of the perfect 10 by discussing the fact that Sasha Banks made her return to Monday Night Raw tonight and reminded us that the more things change, the more they stay the same because she returned and was immediately thrown into a meaningless angle, six-person spot against the Riot Squad with Natalia and Bailey. and correct me if I'm wrong, but before she left, wasn't she doing a meaningless feud with the Riot Squad with, with Bailey? Yep, just picking right where she left off. Okay. Uh, yeah, so she came back in as, as quote-unquote backup for Natalia, um, who is apparently now taking to putting cat ears on fans in the front row because <laughs> she stole Bret Hart's finisher. She might as well steal something else from him. Um, <laughs> but in any event, this match was pretty much the uneventful mess that you would have expected it to be. Um, nothing of significance happened. And Sasha's return was the biggest thing to come out of this match. And that didn't even lead to much. I mean, we don't. I'm guessing this is going to be a six-person program for. I, I, is it going to be for Evolution? I don't even know because they get this oh, fucking God. battle royal we're going to talk about later. I don't know. I, I really don't know what the point of this was, I, and that to me is the biggest problem. You got some talented women in the ring along with Natalia, um, <laughs> and they're doing this thing and it fucking means nothing. I have no idea where they're going with it or what it means, and that's just such a complete waste. Yeah, I mean, the Riot Squad is really spinning in the mud right now. Um, they uh, were doing that thing with Ronda Rousey and the Bella Twins just for the, you know, just for that feud to go on. They, were, they weren't really doing anything then. I mean, we're seeing them every week, which is fine, but they're doing nothing. That's the problem. They're doing nothing, and now they're going against Natalia and Bailey and Sasha, and I just don't know or care really where it's going to go. All right, and since this was sort of a bit of a shit show involving the women, let's talk about the other shit show involving the women on on Raw before we get out of Raw. 
Lita and Trish cut a little bit of a promo. Uh, had a little promo battle with Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. Uh, Alexa showing she's still the queen of the promos in terms of the women's division on Raw. Uh, but so they were in Philadelphia. And Trish and Lita were handed by the writers a script where they're really pushing the whole Allen Iverson practice uh, segment from about <laughs> a decade and a half ago. Um, this thing got over like a lead balloon, even in Philly, where they knew what the joke was. Uh, Trish was never really a bad promo before. She was always a pretty good promo, but I think this really speaks to the difference between then and now with people being completely scripted she's she's not believing the word she's saying they're simply coming from somebody else and it's not registering for her so her and lita did the best they could with this whole practice thing but they wouldn't have fucking done that on their own this was and it ended up making the whole segment garbage yeah and it's really it's really getting annoying to me honestly how mickey james is just transformed into this like into like alexa bliss's lackey i i really don't like that she just she deserves a lot better than that um she's it's basically just alexa bliss and her her lackey i mean it's it's really kind of silly but this this segment as a whole didn't didn't it was nothing special it was it was very whatever um it didn't and like you said with the alan iverson thing like i i mean that that really doesn't surprise me because they always have had these stupid references that are way way past their prime come into their stupid segments and uh, it's just it was just both women's segments this week were besides the ronda rousey one but the other two women's segments were just nonsense all right well before we get into smackdown 1000 because we've got several topics to cover from that show Let's take a little bit of what I like to call a little palate cleanser and talk about some good <laughs> wrestling programming. And I'm, of course, talking about NXT. Uh, and I have not watched this week's episode yet, but last week delivered a very entertaining episode. Uh, within one hour, we just look at what we got. We got a great promo to start the show as Tommaso Ciampa and the Velveteen Dream went back and forth on the mic before being interrupted by... Nikki Cross, and as Nikki Cross comes out, the Full Sail fans begin to chant, triple threat, triple threat, <laughs> fucking great. Uh, I popped for that. Uh, there were people slapping mics out of each other's hands. Nikki is tipping off the fact that she knows who attacked Aleister Black and seemed to implicate both guys. Uh, before later on, we got a promo in the back with Cassius Ono talking about Regal's shiny new toy and how he wants to take him out and make him tap out. Of course, referring to Matt Riddle, so I imagine that's Riddle's first promo, and that's that's actually a promo a program I'm uh, I'm looking forward to. Uh, but Nikki comes in and interrupts Cassius Ono as well, suggesting I know what you did that night. Um, so you start to wonder if perhaps maybe Champa, Dream, and Ono were all in on it together. I don't I don't know. Um, but clearly, Nikki's telling somebody's story they're, they're clearly indicating that she knows who did it and that somehow these three were all involved um and that led us to an amazing main event as we had a triple threat match for the north american title as the one and only ricochet defended against pete dunn and adam cole baby and this was fucking as fantastic as you would imagine it would be it was takeover level the crowd was hot as hell the match was great. The moves were great. It was one thing after another. There was no stop. 
and and you got a great finish out of it with Ricochet retaining the championship. Uh, I don't know if you said you watched some of it or not all of it or none of it. I don't know what what it was, but um, did did you catch any of it at all, Jeff? I I didn't unfortunately. Okay. Well, go back and watch it because this is a fantastic episode. And, and to me, the larger point is that week after week, where I find myself disappointed with Raw, and oftentimes not so much disappointed, but like, what the fuck with SmackDown, I never seem to leave NXT disappointed. I always feel like I got my time's worth for that hour I've invested in that product. And I think that's such a huge difference. Yeah. No, it definitely is. I, I'm on that. That's the episode that I'm on. I just haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. So. Um, either today, after this, or tomorrow, uh, I'll, I'll take a look at it. Uh, it sounds great. I mean, I well, know... I just spoiled uh, the whole thing for you, so you're pretty much fucked. But it sounds good. I mean, it sounds like it's worth watching, at yes, least. Um, sure. Was there anything else that I missed on there? Is there any other matches? Uh, there's some other matches of, of not much consequence. You know, there's the filler stuff in between, but those, those were the main points that they were, they were hitting. And that's the other nice thing, is that they'll... They have their main points, and they hit their main points, and they don't overdo too much. And they have some some background noise and some stuff to keep you occupied, and minor programs for the for the guys that who aren't quite at the top of the card. Whereas you turn on Raw, and if you're not on the top of the card, you're fucking useless. There's there's no program for you. There's no character development. There's no angle or storyline. Um, and you know that includes if you're going to be part of a the first all women's pay per view. Um, but. <laughs> Wait, not to go not to go off topic real quick, or I am going to go off topic. Okay. So, um, I don't know if you, I, I didn't watch the mix, mix match challenge, but I, I did see this clip um, with uh, just going back to the whole Natalia thing with the ears. She put the ears on Bobby Lashley. Did you see that? I did not. So she put the ears on Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Bobby Lashley proceeded to rip them off and just stomp on them until like he just stomped on them for a good minute straight, and it was quite hilarious. I do know that they tried to get a Bobby chant, uh, Leo Rush tried to get a Bobby chant going without realizing that Bobby Roode was in the ring, so he had a Bobby on both sides of the, the match, which was... Yeah, and they were, they were arguing about which Bobby they were cheering for, yeah. uh, which was silly. Although, country dominance is a real waste when you could have just named this team Mickey Bobby, because... I know. That's, that's I know. the way I would have gone with it. Uh, yeah. That's so, such a much better name. <laughs> and this is as much about the Mixed Match Challenge as we should probably ever talk about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now on to our next topic for tonight, SmackDown 1000. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to get to from this card to show because there were several things that happened. But let's start with Edge, who came out. Uh, he talked a lot of bullshit to Becky Lynch. And Becky, to her credit, 100% called him on it because... If you saw the segment, Edge comes out and he's great, and, and he's talking about how he sees a lot of himself in Becky, and she's sort of buying into that too, and she's doing a great job of selling selling the championship and holding it up and really being smug about it, which is great, great work by her. Um, but then we get to, we get to the point where Edge starts talking about, well, if you're going down this road, you're going, you're never going to have any friends, and there's going to be nobody there, and I'm like. Aren't we just about to debut your fucking TV show with your best friend who you were in the business with forever? Yep. Seems like you're not exactly living the story you're telling her. And she basically said, I have fucking nothing to do with you. You just want to take away my shine. I thought that was great. So good on Becky. She she continues to fucking slay it with whatever they give her. Yep. And she told uh, Ed Shet 
be careful when he goes out of the ring not to hurt his neck again. Oh which my was god, yes. Great. Yes. It was great. Um but yeah, no, this is a great this is a really good segment. And, and um, that, that that line alone just shows you how much she's feeling herself right now because I think 2 years ago she doesn't have the balls to say that to Edge even if it's written down. She's just not comfortable enough to do it and certainly not to deliver it believably. Mhm. No, definitely. Um she uh she has such conviction when she says stuff. And uh it's it's really just it's just fantastic. I mean, I think it, it did Edge did come across a little uh, little silly in this segment, but I think it just even it did that much more to uplift you know Becky Lynch and and let her really shine in this segment. And I thought it was it was fine. And you know I I, I could have gone without Charlotte Flair coming down and and having them brawl, but um, it's fine. I mean, it's just, it's, it just keeps it going forward. But it, it just to have Lynch and Edge in the ring would have been fine. Would would, would have been better to me. Yeah, and, and, but I, I think they wanted to incorporate all the past stars into the the show. And Edge, obviously, the cutting edge was a big part of SmackDown, so that made some sense. I mean, they wanted to get everyone on the show so much so that we had a segment out back with all the former GMs, and they just <laughs> yep. straight up the announcers straight up just talked over them. So <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, made, that's true. Didn't give, couldn't have given a fuck less about this. Um, one not, thing not we to c- mention, uh, not to mention, Mr. McMahon. Uh, goddamn, pal, she looks really good in those leather, those leather pants. I, I think we've covered that enough to this point, Jeff. <laughs> uh, if you missed the open, hot open for the show, go check it out. Um, anyway, <laughs> just, just wanted to mention it again. Yeah, well, good, good on you. Uh, now I'm fully erect. There you go. Okay, that didn't take long. Actually, we're five topics in at this point. Now I feel like I'm letting it down. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the bar was in the house on SmackDown, and they took on the New Day for the tag team championships. And because this is SmackDown's 1,000 episode, the bar captured the tag team titles after in like their 47th match of this this feud. Uh, <clears throat> they finally got the tag team titles, and if you haven't seen it, you're gonna think I'm lying. I shit you fucking not. SmackDown 1,000 had to have a Big Show heel turn. Big Show turned heel oh. and helped the fucking bar win the tag titles. I, I couldn't... I, I was watching it, and I couldn't believe it. I don't think I'd ever seen something like that before. I, You know what it is? It's the, I sort of found a little bit of charm in it. It was almost like they were recognizing how ridiculous it is. And they're oh, just yeah, like, well, absolutely. we gotta fucking do it for the thousandth episode. Yeah, it just at the cost of the tag team titles and the New Day. but Oh, yeah, because they've put in so much emphasis and credibility in those tag titles, right? But, I mean, like, look at any of the other segments you could have thrown them in, and it would have been totally understandable. <laughs> I guess. You could have had them come out the, during the dance segment and have them just choke slam R-Truth, and it would have had the same feel. Oh, no, it wouldn't. If he, he, he wouldn't have cost a beloved tag team their championships. I think this was a far more... If you're going to have an impactful heel turn, this was far more important than going out and chokeslamming our truth Or cost Rey Mysterio his match. But then how is Rey Mysterio going to move on to the World Cup to determine the best in the world? Uh, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura doesn't pay attention and gets counted out. Which I am which I'm contractually obligated to say. Every time I say the World Cup, I have to follow it with to determine the best in the world. Right. Um, which is there any more fucking annoying? So you know what we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that deep breath. Moving along <laughs> after the bar captures the deck house, uh, we were treated to the return of SmackDown and the WWE of, as a collective of the group Evolution as they came out and cut a little promo 
Um, some really sort of funny moments, some cool moments in this segment. Uh, Randy Orton being a total dick, uh, which I, <laughs> I guess was by design. At one point, talking about how Rick Rick is now just living through vicariously through his daughter and. Hunter's in a boardroom, and Dave Batista's in a makeup chair, and he's still there busting his ass every week. Just sort of a dick move by Randy Orton. But then again, what would you expect? At least he didn't burn anybody's shit down. Um, <laughs> of course, the coolest part of this was sort of Batista was fucking fire in this segment. He got his his thing at the end, uh, and he, he told a couple jokes about Ric Flair's penis, because that's always funny. Um, yep. Do you think he's got a little? Yep. Do you think he's got a little sequined robe for his cock? I've always wondered, <laughs> like a feather boa. Uh, I would, I, I would hope so. And did I he get Charlotte? Really ma- so. and, and did he have one made for Charlotte for her cock? Uh probably, probably. Oh. She needs it. She needs a larger one. Well, especially now that she's getting sued by her ex-husband. But anyway, um, I, I don't know what one thing has to do with another. It was just a fucking segue to mention that. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> The, the story coming out of this, however, was that at the end of this segment, Batista, in heaping praise upon everybody else, ends at Triple H and says he's done everything in the business except beat me. And, of course, that got the ooh from the crowd. i got to ask you, Jeff, do you, does this feel to you like we're setting up for the Batista-Triple H program at WrestleMania? Uh, I hope so. I know that's what Batista's wanted for a long time. That's just that's the only way he said he would come back is if he got that that match because he thinks it, it could get some legs. And I agree with him, especially with this promo he delivered. If he keeps delivering promos and they have a segment together, I think it'll be it'll just be fire. Um, I I love the fact that he mentioned uh, Blutista in his in his yes. promo. Yeah. Um, that was pretty great. Um, I'm a little disappointed Randy Orton didn't like attack someone here, like Ric Flair, and start twisting his nipples sadistically. There was a fucking point where I, I don't know if it was Triple H or somebody hugs him or something, and then he turns around and Orton like did this little shimmy, like he was about to fucking RKO him, but then he didn't. <laughs> like I think he wanted uh, yeah. to. I don't know if it was if it was scripted that way or if it was just fucking instinct where the dude can't control himself from wanting to RKO people, but that's what it looked like. Yeah, it did. It did look like that. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Batista was just amazing on the mic. He really was. And it, not, I don't it remember him really ever being that good. I, this ho- the Hollywood thing no. has clearly helped him out. Oh, absolutely. He he just I he was I, I just don't remember him ever being a great promo guy. No, but he was just all fired up. He was yeah. great. Uh, everything he said made sense. Uh, and just a little jab at the end was the icing on the cake it was it was great and even when they hugged at the end and triple h still had that like kind of like grimace on his face about it it, it, i think it's definitely promoting that match and uh i hope so yeah and then that segment of course ran quite a bit longer than anticipated which of course led to the undertaker coming out to say four words and leaving um (laughs) of course it also led to the rusev mismatch being like Three seconds long with no intro, no entrances, um, and the under. What well, you know, if the Undertaker was so fucking worried about getting his dialogue out, he could have like, you know, maybe started in the ring or come up through the ring or something instead of the forty-five minute walk to the ring. That's true. Yeah, he does. He does really take his time. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Anyway, last show a little pep in his step. The last topic from this week's edition of SmackDown 1000. We got the return 
of Rey Mysterio Jr. And I know there are some hosts on the show who are not fans of Rey Mysterio. I've always been a fan of Mysterio. Uh, didn't look like he had lost a step well. at all tonight. He was I, on that night. I thought he was great. Uh, and even debuted something I don't remember seeing him do before, this sliding splash out to the floor where he just runs across the ring, slides across the apron, falls out of the ring into a splash on his opponent on the floor. He, he's done that a few times in the past. Because um, I, I always recall uh, liking that spot. The first time, because I remember the first time he did it. I don't know when, don't ask me. But I remember seeing it, and I, I always liked that little that little move that he does. Um he yeah this this is a good, uh, all right match i mean he looked really great um it just uh first time ever on smackdown what it's the first time ever match on smackdown they love to tell you when it's the first time two people have ever fought on smackdown <laughs> they could have fought 25 <laughs> yeah. times on raw and they'll tell us repeatedly that it's the first time on smackdown that's true um but uh yeah this uh, you could tell these two if they had a little bit more time um, would have a real barn burner match. But it was still a good match uh, nonetheless, and it really added to the uh, the young guys going in this ju- Crown Jewel tournament. That, that you mean the, the uh, World Cup to determine the best in the world? Yeah, it's a bunch of... We're bunch not going to get that fucking royalty dollars if you don't start saying it right, Jeff. Jesus, come on. Nah, I'm not contractually obligated. You are, but I'm not. Well, we're trying to we're trying to make that coin for for the podcast here, dude. Just play along, all right? Just... I'm, okay, okay. Rey Mysterio is added to the World Cup to determine the best in the world. Thank you. Uh, a bunch of young young fellas in there, as I hear. A bunch of guys up on the rise. <laughs> so I guess the question coming out of this is, what do you see as sort of the this this progression for Mysterio here now that he's back and he's in this tournament obviously this tournament is sort of a throwaway thing but what do we think in terms of no 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 it's to determine the best in the world what are you talking about but what do we think in terms of of going forward what they're going to do with Ray here I don't know he'll probably maybe go for a secondary title the US title maybe I, I I don't see him do I don't see him going for a world title again although he should because he deserves it, but um, I, at least I think so. Like I said, I, I like you said, you've always been a fan. I've always been a fan. I've been a fan since WCW. I can tell you, so. Adam, at co-host, co-host Adam, uh, who was always a huge fan of Rey Mysterio's World Heavyweight Champion. He was? Not at all. Not even a little bit, no. Oh, oh. He, he, he's not, not vascular enough. Apparently not, you know. <laughs> I, I don't no, know. I, I think I, I I can only hope the best for him because I, I really enjoy watching Wait, Adam, him. Adam or Rey Mysterio? Uh, Adam. Oh, okay. Yeah, how, how long uh, have going... you been watching Adam? Oh man, since WCW. <laughs> since, uh, since he moved into that house without the curtains. No, I would watch through the windows. Okay, that's watching. when you were fully erect. Oh yeah, absolutely. How could you not? Understandable, yeah. <laughs> um, Especially yeah, when it puts I, the lotion in the basket. Oh, uh, man. Don't even get me started. You're bringing back memories, man. If you stop me up. I right. can only get so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's true. We may test that limit. It's true. I don't know. <laughs> it might, might be some, some serious hard... I, might, I don't even know where I'm going. I'm, I tried. I lost it. 
<laughs> I just completely lost my erection trying to think of a joke for it. <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for the main part of this show, because like I said, we've got a double main event this week in the Perfect Ten, and the first main event we're going to talk about here, and I've sort of, I, I sort of went on a bit of a rant on this last week, and I'm going to continue to do it this week because there was more bullshit as it relates to this, but Jeff, let me, get, let me let you get on the record here first. Um, what are your thoughts on how the first ever women's pay-per-view evolution has been built to this point? Uh, garbage. It's been shit. Um, we st- are all the matches announced yet? Are they all announced? Uh, they announced this bullshit battle royal this week, so apparently they're still oh. chucking shit out. Good, good. That's good. It's good to not have uh, all the matches announced when you have it, the event coming up so soon. And uh, you touched on it last week, how they're going to... They're not. They're promoting this like absolute dog shit. Um, only having two matches announced last week, and having the battle royal now announced. Exciting, exciting stuff. And they're only really promoting two matches now. It was only one as of last week: the Ronda and Nikki match, and the uh, Trish and Alexa Bliss match, or well, the tag all, match now. We do have Kyrie Sane and, and um, Shayna Baszler, which has been announced on NXT. Have they been promoting it? Yeah, on NXT they have. Not on WWE, but on NXT they have. Okay. For some reason I don't recall. But um, regardless, it, it's it's been it's been real bad. And I'm just going to I'm gonna keep mine short and sweet because I'm sure yours is not going to be. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really, really wish... They gave a shit. I gave gave enough of a shit to promote it. They just don't. They're more worried about Crown Jewel uh, and other shit that's going on. So obviously SmackDown 1000. I mean, it's it's just it's trash. So I I went on a long rant on this last week, but then things got worse this week. Um, I mentioned earlier. We have to pigeonhole and force this segment in here with Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella because we've done nothing to build this. We had we had a fucking turn out of nowhere the fourth time they've they've fucking been in the ring and now we're supposed to believe that these women have this fucking visceral hatred for each other. It's just fucking horseshit. It, it's not ham handed too. Exactly. Very ham handed. And you're doing it a fucking week before the show. You have one more episode of Raw before this pay-per-view, which, by the way, hasn't sold out yet, and I wonder fucking why. Do you need any more goddamn evidence that they don't give a fucking shit about this pay-per-view, that this has nothing to do with women? This was their way of protecting themselves from the blowback of another Saudi show where the women wouldn't be able to perform. They were trying to get ahead of it by having this right before the Saudi show. They didn't give a shit about this. They didn't put any thought into it. There was nothing. They literally gave us Trish Stratus and Alexa Bliss with zero fucking build. There was nothing done. There was no, like, hey, let's have Trish come out and cut a promo. There was nothing. It was legit. Just fucking send have a match. Fuck it. Why not? That's it. That's the degree of thought put into this. And then it was like, oh, well, we're, we're going to have a tag match, but we'll just fucking promote it as two separate matches and then put it together, because, you know, that'll excite people. What? Yeah. 
And oh, by the way, this week we're just going to throw a battle royal together and not even tell the fucking talent that's in the battle royal that they're going to be in this battle royal at the pay-per-view. Apparently they all found out on fucking social media. There was a bunch of posts by all of them being like, what the fuck? Uh, I don't want to be in a battle royal on this pay-per-view. Like, I would like an actual match on the fucking first ever women's pay-per-view. I work here all year, and all these spots are being taken up by fucking models who don't show up except when they're fucking John Cena and um, fucking Trish and Lita, who they're legends, they're Hall of Famers, you know, respect. You know, they've they've earned that spot, and they're only taking up one match as of now. Um, But, I mean, really, this is just... How do you even justify... When these binary numbers come out, when the, when the numbers come out and the viewing numbers and all that shit comes out and nobody gives a shit, the only match on this card that's got any legitimate fucking build or heat is Becky and Charlotte. And that's only because they've had to pop, prop it up for four other pay-per-views already. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, the Battle Royal thing. It's just it's a whole other pile of dog shit on a giant pile of dog shit. I, mean, I understand the fact that you can't get every woman on the show, and I understand the fact that this is your way of, of making sure everyone has a spot in this what quote-unquote historic event. But let's be fucking real about what we're doing here. Like, are we promoting this show because we believe in, in promoting the women's revolution, quote-unquote? Or are we just doing this as an excuse to get, our, to not, to get beat up a little bit less over the Saudi show? Because to me, that's what I'm getting out of it. Yeah, um, but I, I, I just meant the way they they promoted the the battle royal. Um, it's it, all of it's just garbage. Yeah, I'm and, really... and ask Naomi about battle royals. Apparently, she never got her trophy for winning the vagina memorial battle royal. I'm sure she'll be in this one and, and win too. Then they'll give her her fucking trophy. Well, the winner of this does get a championship shot. Totally non-brand specific, so I'd imagine whatever brand you're on is the brand you'll get a title shot for. Um, I mean, there are so many things you could do here. I mean, realistically, we're talking about this as a historic pay-per-view for women, right? Mm-hmm. What are we doing that's historic here? What is the moment? We, we don't have any firsts. It's not the first deal. It won't be the first steel cage. can't be the first hell in the cell. Will be the first ladder match. Can't be the first last woman standing match. We've got nothing first to do. We've got nothing, no stipulations to make anything feel big or special or important. It's just a bunch of thrown together matches with no build. Well, and to be fair, I think it is the first ever women's last man standing match, right? Or last woman standing? No, because Bailey and Sasha. No, that was Iron Man. That was Iron yeah. Man. Sorry. Um, I'd have to but go back. I totally but I understand. I feel like there was. I feel like there was one before. We'll have to go back and check. Um, Literally, the only thing they can say is that just it's only women on this pay per view. That's all they can say. Yeah, and uh, while you look that up, uh, I'll continue to discuss how shitty this is. Um, yeah, no, I, I really need um, I need some sort of like I need meat. I need meat to to the stories that are going into this pay per view. Like, I mean. Okay, the so past couple of years. So yeah. allow me to. So technically, the first for WWE. However, Nikki Cross and Asuka had one about a year ago in NXT, which is also being promoted on the same show. So 
I'm sure they'll mention that a bunch of times. Not. I doubt it. I'm sure they'll just ignore it completely. But um, they'll be the first one on SmackDown. <laughs> first one on SmackDown. Um, yeah, no, I, I just I want something exciting to look forward to going into this, and there's just nothing. There's nothing exciting about it. I mean, you could say seeing Trish and Lita as a tag team, and, and I guess you could make that case. But, I mean, to me, I, I think I mentioned this last week, to me what this show should be is the Hall of Famers, the stars of the past, the Molly Hollies, the Trishes, the Litas, coming back and having those dream matches with the stars of today. That, to me, is a far bigger draw. And you can have your women's title matches in, in, in the other segments if that's what you want, but Charlotte Flair versus Trish Stratus to me, that's a fucking draw. Sasha yep. Banks versus Lita, that's a fucking draw. Like, Ivory versus Bailey, that's a fucking draw. You know, uh, Naomi versus Je- Miss Jackie, that's a fucking draw. Like, there are so like many... Like both black? I, I didn't say that. Why would you go there? Why would you immediately go there? Why would you announce the only two well, Jack- black ladies and have them go against you? Jackie liked to do the fucking little booty shaking stuff that Naomi does. It was just the similar people. Oh, okay. I don't know what to do with race. I don't know why you would go there. What the fuck's wrong with you, Jeff? Well, well, Troy's not here. i got to fill in. I guess. That's why you need that <laughs> huge erection. Anyway. It's true. Um, it's back. Well, we started talking about women, so. Yes, um, but, yeah, to me, this is just a giant missed opportunity because this... To quote a line from from one of my favorite movies, uh, here's the pulse, here's your finger, far away from the pulse, Jim, straight up your ass. And that's (laughs) pretty much the the equivalent of WWE these days. They have no fucking clue what their fans want anymore. Yep. Agreed. All right. Well, that's going to take us out of that topic and on to the second half of our double main event of the Perfect Ten. And this one's going to get me a little fired up as well. Hmm. Because this week, look, if, if you've listened to this show, you know I've never been a fan of these Saudi shows. Now, I will find, I, I will fully admit, and I owe Sal an apology, because the last time when we had the Greatest Royal Rumble, Sal was full on against this shit. And I was the one sitting here going, you know what, they're trying to change. And nobody will ever change if you don't allow them to try. And this, that, and the other thing. And then following that show... We immediately learned of death threats to the Davari brothers because they happened to dare be from Iran. Um, complaints and, and denouncing of the WWE because they accidentally aired in fucking commercial with women wrestling. Um, so so there, was, there was detestability right off the bat from the second that show ended. So Sal was right on that, and I owe him an apology for that because I did go hard on him for that one, and he was 100% right. But Heading into this one, now this return show, I was really on the fence. I, I was pretty much committed that I wasn't going to watch it. And then, as I've said before, Shawn Michaels, Mark, he's making his return. Okay, maybe it's maybe I need to, to watch this just to see that. And, of course, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan is something that's piqued my interest. So I'm starting to think, okay, well, maybe, maybe I'll get into it. Now, we're going to get a little bit outside of the wrestling world here, because if you've been locked up in, in, in a cage somewhere and haven't heard about the goings-on recently with Saudi Arabia, allow me to give you a quick, quick refresher course. Um, there was a journalist of Saudi origin who is currently living in the United States by the name of Jamal Khashoggi, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, he was sent to the Saudi embassy in Turkey, because I believe he's marrying a Turkish woman and they needed certain paperwork. So he went to the embassy to get this paperwork. 
Now, the story, as it's been told by the Turkish uh, representatives, is that this man was interrogated, tortured, dismembered, uh, of course killed, and then dismembered uh, by Saudi agents. For what you for what you may ask, what, what could he possibly have done to deserve this? Well, he said mean things about the crown prince. Mm. So, by the way, for, for those of you who don't know, Saudi, <clears throat> Saudi women now have the right to drive, which I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and tell you isn't a sign of progress. However, the fact that all the protesters that led to that movement are still in jail for protesting the right for women to drive. Uh, is a sign. It's not so much a sign of progress. Uh, the fact that as of recently, as of a couple weeks, a couple months ago, we killed females for having vaginas in this country. Um, this this country doesn't want to advance. They don't want to progress. They don't want to become more enlightened. They don't want to move forward. They just want us to think they are. And the reason they want us to think they are is because there's big fucking money in it for them. Big corporations were set to visit this country for a giant summit. They've all, pretty much all of the major ones have since pulled out with the uh, coming to light of the news about this journalist being being murdered. Uh, but WWE is a symbol, I think, to them of legitimacy to these American companies. It's, hey, see, we're, we've got this long-term business arrangement with WWE. It's a big brand in your country. You can feel comfortable coming over here and giving us your money. And for their part, I understand that. that. That makes good, solid business sense. And it even makes sense for them to try to paint it and, and wrap it in a blanket of, of change and, and revolution in this country. The problem here is, look, Saudi Arabia did what Saudi Arabia does. The crown prince did what he does. Nothing about this story is shocking from the perspective of the fact that this, the Saudi Arabian prince did this. None of it. What's shocking, and to be honest with you, I look, as horrible and detestable as these actions are, it's the way business has been conducted over there for, for thousands and thousands of years. So why we would all of a sudden expect that this was going to change now is beyond me, but it hasn't. What I can tell you is that where, where we can take a stand is for a company like WWE to sit there and say, we can't endorse this. We cannot do business with this. If this is how you are going to continue to conduct business, we cannot be a party to this. We gave you the first one. We didn't allow women on the first show because we were told, okay, well, this is the first one. Then we're going to become a little more enlightened. We're going to loosen things up. We're, not, we're still not having women on this show. Women in the fucking office aren't even traveling to this show. You've got a locker room full of guys who don't want to go to this show. In fact, and you know they're doing this World Cup, but if you've noticed, that's going to mean a lot more matches with a lot fewer guys, which means that travel group is going to be a lot smaller, and I don't think that's by accident. There are reports coming out that nobody wants to be a part of this show, and, and it's totally understandable because there's nothing here that makes anybody feel like they should feel safe or comfortable, or like they're making an impact. This is strictly a fucking cash grab. And it's a gross cash grab. And to do and portray it as anything else is disingenuous bullshit by the WWE. I have been a lifelong fan of the WWE. I sit here today, 100% convinced I'm not watching this Crown Jewel show, <clears throat> but not even 
I, I'm about 80% convinced I don't want to watch any WWE shows going forward. If this is what the standard we're going to set is, and I understand it's wrestling, and the standards have been set pretty low in the past in terms of how promoters have handled business, but this, to me, is where we have to be responsible as fans, where we have to take a stand and say, listen, if this is the type of, of standard you set for your company, I don't want to be a part of it. Here's my network subscription, so, and advertisers need to say, here's my fucking advertising money back. I don't want I don't want to advertise any program anymore. That's the only way this company's going to change this shit, because this is not about anything other than getting paid. And if they don't do the show, they don't get paid. Because anybody with half of a conscience would look at what happened in this country. Look at this incident with Khashoggi. <clears throat> and say I, I, we can't be a party to that. And, and the fact that the WWE can't even acknowledge that really speaks to the character of the people running this company. Yeah, and it's not like they're hurting for money. <clears throat> they're they not. Could, they could lose this Saudi deal. I've seen these numbers. They could lose this Saudi deal, and they will still have the most profitable year they've ever had in company history this year. It's just out of it's just greed. At this point, I mean, what? It's uh, it's greed. It's it's appalling for them to keep going forward with this. To not, I mean, it, what they've gone as far as to not promote that it's definitely a Saudi show, right? That's as far as they've gone. They're trying to keep that a secret. Yes. Right. It, it might be. It might not be. Um, it's <clears throat> it's ridiculous. I mean. Like you said, it's been going on for so long in this country, and it's not surprising that this happened. But you gotta, you you just as a company, you have to make a stand. I mean, this is also coming from the same company that had Muhammad Hassan and a bunch of hooded people attack the Undertaker. Um, very was it close to uh, right after the bombing or whatever in London? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not a great track record going back, but this is just you, you can put, you can make a stand. You could say that we can't, like you said, we can't support this. We can't. This is something that we think is wrong, and we don't want to hold any more events there. Thank you for the business, but we're we're not gonna until stuff starts changing. We're not gonna have any more events there, and they're not doing it. It's not a hard, it's not even hard to do. It's not a hard thing to say no. No, we're not going to do this anymore. This is wrong. And they're just not doing it. Nope. And like, a, how? And at a certain point, you wonder when we do start to see some of these advertisers step up and say, you know, listen, we're not going to be a party to this if this is what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Keep in mind, this is the same company that on rumors and allegations of inappropriate behavior by the fabulous Moolah, pulled her name off of a trophy at WrestleMania, redid the entire thing, and rebranded it in, in about a week's time. So yeah. they, were, they were incredibly PR conscious when it came to that. But this, they're mon- quote-unquote monitoring the situation, but they're going full speed ahead. I just... It's because that didn't involve money. <laughs> Well, that and, didn't involve and, money. And allow me to put my tinfoil hat on here and, and play a little bit of conspiracy theory. But when you get right down to it here, um, we have a situation where 
there is a certain member of Donald Trump's presidential cabinet who's got some ties to this company herself. Um, mm-hmm. And for Trump, this is obviously a horrible thing. There's a giant billion-dollar arms deal with Saudi Arabia that's on the table that <clears throat> could be lost if, if they were to have to take a stand here. And at the end of the day, you've got to wonder if those two things are mutually exclusive. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. It's just uh, it's 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 a uh, it's disheartening, honestly, for a company that I've I've watched for so many years to to not like, and and it's even like if they say something in the next week, I mean, <clears throat> it, it you it's almost too late at that point. Like right. you hesitated too much. You 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 didn't nip it in the bud when it happened. Right. You're only you you're only responding due to peer pressure, not because it was the right fucking thing to do. Exactly. Exactly. You're getting all this heat from all sides, and you know now now you're caving in. It's not because of the actual situation that happened. Yeah, I'm probably not going to watch it either. Yeah, I, I just I can't understand how anybody in good conscience could watch. It. I mean, first off, it's probably not going to be a very good show anyway. But even no. if it were, um, like I said, there are elements on this show that would be really intriguing for me as a fan to watch, but simply cannot bring myself as a human to put aside what we're putting aside to watch it. Um, I, I know we're, we're sort of furring a little bit outside of, of you know, wrestling into a little bit more serious conversation we usually get into on this show, but this, to me, is an important topic. Uh, it is something we sort of talked about a little bit with the first show over there, um, and we talked about progress and, and hope and advancement. And and if anything, we've learned through this is that none of that was real. Right. Um, well, I guess <clears throat> after that, to bring it back to the more wrestling side of it, um, did you know in the Crown Jewel tournament, I've been making all these jokes about the older people in this tournament, that Seth Rollins is the youngest by six years in this tournament. <laughs> He's 32. The next youngest guy, there's three guys that are 38 years old. And I think I it's believe Randy you made the uh, World Cup to determine the best in the world. The World Cup to determine the best in the world, right. Um, ignore what I said. That was not correct. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I think, Dolph Ziggler, uh, 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 Randy Orton, and somebody else is 38. Jeff Hardy? Jeff, no, Jeff Hardy's 41. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, the most there's f- half of the guys in this tournament are so over. So we 40 got Rey Mysterio, Kurt Angle. They're both over forty. Kurt Angle's forty nine. Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton. Yep, yeah, uh, Jeff Hardy's forty one. Randy Orton's thirty eight. John Cena. John Cena's forty three, I think. Okay, that's five. Who else do we got? Um, uh, you got Seth Rollins, who's thirty two. Yeah. And uh, Dolph Ziggler. He's thirty eight. Okay, so that's. Seven right there. Who are we missing? We're missing one. Um, uh, Brie Bella. Right, and she's forty-two. Yes, and yeah. No, How but, are we missing? <laughs> I don't know. Because um, <laughs> it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I'm not gonna watch the fucking show anyway. Uh, yeah. But all, but in all seriousness, if you, as a fan listening to this. Uh, we're unaware of what was going on, and that's possible. There are people that live inside their wrestling bubble and choose to escape and not deal with the outside world, and that's totally cool. I'm not 
judging at all. I totally understand that. And the real world sometimes sucks, and it's very e- it's a lot easier to escape into the world of of entertainment that wrestling can provide. Um, but if you were unaware, if you were, I, I can only encourage you from my standpoint and tell you that I personally am choosing as a human to not endorse this by watching this show. I would encourage you to consider that yourself um, because if we don't take a stand for humanity, then humanity can never stand up again. That's just my opinion. All said. All right, that is going <laughs> to uh, do it. By the way, it was the Miz. Okay, there you go. That is going to do it for the perfect 10, and we are. I feel like we need to make some dick jokes here at the end just to fucking sort of cleanse the palate. But I can cover that. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, we're going to move on to our indie dates, and I'm going to start with a show near and dear to my heart because this Saturday, Atlantic Pro Wrestling returns to the Newburyport Elks on Saturday, October 20th, as I said, this coming Saturday, for the Gilbonk Memorial Wrestle Royal. And this, for me, is a great significance. Gilbonk, for those who maybe didn't know, is the original commissioner of Atlantic Pro Wrestling back when it was wrestling Star Wars. So that is the position I currently hold within Atlantic Pro Wrestling. So this is sort of my predecessor and the event honoring him. So obviously we want to make it a huge event every year. This year we are making it as big as it's ever been. We have, for the first time ever, have 30 participants in the Gilbonk Memorial Wrestle Royal. The winner of this battle royal will earn the right to the cash and carry contract, entitling them to a heavyweight championship match at any time they see fit. Currently entered into the battle royal, the Wrestle Royal, I should say. The Bitter King, Buddy Romano, Big Stiff Mike, the Mad Dog Margarici, Champagne Joe Mowgli, the Big Gun Jim Sargent, Hunter Ward, Jake Sargent, the Mass Appeal, Travis Gillette, the Canadian legend, Matt Loudon, and many, many, many more. Also, the APW Tag Team titles will be on the line when the anti-Americans defend against Nightbreed. Jake Sargent goes one-on-one with Owen Brody. A number one contenders match for the APW Women's Championship takes place when Vanity Vixen and Mistress Belmont go one-on-one. And get this, it is Falls Count anywhere the apw new england championship will be defended as dan terry puts his title on the line against robo the punjabi lion so much more to take place on this night reserved front row ring seats ringside seats 15 dollars advanced general mission 10 dollars and 12 at the door doors open at 6 p.m bell time is 6 30 that is this coming saturday apw newburyport alex check out atlantic pro wrestling on facebook for more information or go to atlanticprowrestling.com I almost had you. <clears throat> um, ICW returns October 21st to the La Pica Lounge for ICW They Live for Gold. Doors I'd, open I'd like at to four. take a La Pica at that hard-on you got going on there, Jeff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can work that out later. Um, <laughs> now this feels like the rundown again. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, there we go. Doors <laughs> open at 4 p.m. Insane Heat Finals. Back doors open. Oh, shit. I got, I got the hard-on ready. <laughs> Um, I ain't fucking catching for you, sorry. Oh, come on, man. You can't yeah, do me a solid like yeah, that? I'm a top. Oh, that's fair. If you want to call uh, yourself a power bottom, we can talk about it. But Well, we can get a third person involved. We can both be. <laughs> both be in somewhere. Um, Insane 8 finals rematch for the ICW alternative title. Stipulation will be named at a later date, except... I, isn't this a stipulation right here? I would think so. So ignore that last sentence. Main event is the ICW alternative title Halloween Horrors match, Insane 8 Finals rematch. 
the champion Dark Prophet Orin Beat takes on the challenger Husky Heartthrob Cody Rice. By Halloween he, horrors, I assume they mean there's razor blades in all the candy. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, probably in all the apples. Um, ICW World Title Match. How do you like the them champion. apples? Oh, oof. Uh, you're taking my you're taking my thing here. That's my gimmick. Sorry. Bad jokes. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm supposed to take a big like deep breath after my bad jokes. I, I thought I, hard on jokes were your thing. Now I thought you transitioned. My bad. Sorry. I own them both. <laughs> <laughs> um, the ICW World Title Match: The Champion Jimmy J- uh, Zombie Princess Jimmy Jacobs takes on GQ Giannos and Joey Jet Avalon, the ICW Midwest For those of you wondering, that is the same Jimmy Jacobs that got fired by the WWE for taking pictures with the Bullet Club. Oh, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Mm, well, there you go. You should go out and check them. Check them out. Um, the ICW Midwest title match. Midwest Slayer Stacy Shadows versus the Marmon Mario Cravello. The ICW tag team title match. Anything goes and no rules. The champions, the Foley brothers, take on Bear Kingdom. In the tag team number one contenders match, the Caribbean Connection versus Blackwell and McGuire versus the Shoots and Wanderers versus Doc Simmons and his partner is to be announced. Rico De La Vega versus Psycho Chase McCoy, Fabled One Aesop Mitchell versus Jacob Hoffman, and Killer Kaz Carter versus Simon Says. V? Is a V supposed to be there? I don't know. Fifth? Simon Says the Fifth? Sure. Or just Simon Says? That sounds good to me. <laughs> you can do the next one. Yeah, let's see. Are you copying and pasting stuff? Was that there? I'm not touching your thing. No? You're not touching it? No. Okay. The stars of Brew City Wrestling. I'm, I'm feeling weird here. Okay. The stars of Brew City Wrestling <laughs> return Saturday, October 27th to the Elks Lodge in Waka- Wa- Waukesha. Waukesha. No, Waukesha. 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 Waukesha, Wisconsin. Repeat after me. Wa. Ka. Wa. Sha. Keisha. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. No, Keisha's a porn star. That's true. But there's no dollar sign in there. That's no, Kesha. That's a different thing. Oh, okay. Uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin. For our annual Spooktacular with Nightmare on Springdale Road. Bell time is at 7.30. Doors open at 6.45. <clears throat> That's p.m. for both. And tickets are $20 reserved ringside and advance $16, which can be purchased on BrewCityWrestling1.com or $18 at the door and children 10 and under $10. We will have costume contests for adults and kids. Then stay for the after party with the BCW stars. One second, I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> Bruce City Wrestling Tag Team Championship Match. The champion Axemen versus Hardcore Impact. Evil Sierra versus Blue Phoenix Vanessa Azure. More info coming. Uh, com. Twitter at BCW1. Facebook at Bruce City Wrestling 1. And Instagram at Brew City Wrestling. And that is going to do it for the rundown for this Thursday, October 18th. It has been one week since Troy had a voice. I want to remind you, you can follow us on Twitter at Rundown Podcast or go to Facebook.com slash Rundown Wrestling. 
You can email the show at rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or please leave us a voicemail because we'd like to hear your sexy voices, even if it's just heavy breathing, by calling 617-863-6967. That is 61, rundown 7. We even threw a 69 in the number for you. We are now on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron. Currently, we have two reward levels. You can check out all the details there, but they do give you early access to their shows before they become available on most feeds. You'll also get exclusive access to the crapshoot, which is Adam's new show, and the May Young Classic reviews by Troy, which are fantastic, and I encourage you to check them out if you have not yet. I second that notion. Listen to our friends the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, and Mike Crockett on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing with new podcasts every Monday. Check out Facebook.com slash DWPAN or WPANDWPAN.com. And in fact, this week they had their uh, uh, Malonis' tag team partner, in the bouncers, the Beer City Bruiser on there, too. So check that out. Good interview. Uh, check out our friend Justin Michaels and his show in Yesterland Waltz on Tough TV. Go to toughtv.com to stream it live. Stay tuned to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast for all our shows. NXT Revisited, the Nitromania Podcast, Glow Shtick, and the, for the Spanish-speaking friends, check out WrestleMania de Salvation. <laughs> Follow our hosts on Twitter at jstewart0920, at rockstartroy, at the missing Salzer effect, at nitromaniapod, at I got a job, at I got kids, <laughs> at leave all our wrestling salvation mania de depot de sportes, at Johnny Analog, at Joker's Wild, that's W Y L D 702. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to Jeff. Yeah, thank you, man. All right, and next week. We will uh, talk about some other shit. I'll probably still be angry about this Crown Jewel thing, or maybe I just will completely give up on wrestling and have nothing to talk about. Who the fuck knows? But tune in next week to find out. That is going to do it, and that means that we will see you next Thursday. Bye. That's not how he does it at all. Bye-bye. No. Troy, hurry back. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created as a way for Adam to parlay its success. Nah, I did this one last week. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created by Adam, and he gave up on that shit, and we took it over, and now we've made it better, and that's about it. And uh, it's been hosted by myself, Jason Stewart. Sometimes Troy shows up, and Jeff is the new guy that's here every week. We are a member of the Questionable Endeavor Network, and there's a lot of stuff going on there. Check out questionnetwork.com if it's still up. I don't even know. I can't remember the last time they mentioned us on any of their shows, so... But it's there. Go check it out. And that is going to do it. Tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast.